about the goodness of God. Angela actually quoted one of my scriptures in Romans 2.4. It says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God is what leads you to repentance? Sometimes people do despise it, not because they don't need it, but because they look at their brother or sister who might be failing and falling into sin, and when God blesses them, they get upset about it. (laughs) When God uh, draws them back and God starts using them, they get offended that God would use someone who had sin in their life. God's revealing to us here that not to despise his goodness. His goodness is filled with forgiveness. His goodness is filled with mercy. His goodness is filled with love. You know, if you needed it, you would sure want him to be good, wouldn't you? (laughs) And so God has just been revealing to me through his word how good he actually is. Amen. And so we're just going to take a look at that today. He says, don't despise his goodness, the riches of his goodness, his forbearance, his long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God is what leads you to repentance. Or we'll just say, too, the goodness of God is what keeps us close to him. But it's also what leads the sinner to repentance, to be drawn back to him. You know, if he was a mean, um, unmerciful, unloving God, would you want to return? No, you would run the other way and go as far as the east is from the west. But no, he's so loving, he's so merciful, and I'm so thankful because guess what? We would all be eliminated if it weren't for the goodness of God. We are all, you know, Jesus told the, the people that were trying to stone that woman, She had sin in her life, and he told them, he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. You know, each one by one dropped their stone and left. Because we all need his forgiveness. We all need his goodness and his mercy, amen? So it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Um, I kind of reiterated this scripture. Don't you realize what's in front of you and how good and loving and merciful God is? Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. We all need it. Let's turn to Luke 15. We're going to read uh, the story here that Jesus shared. Luke 15, I'm going to start with verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time his money ran um, about this time his money ran out, and a great famine swept over the land and began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that he, um, even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him um, because no one gave him anything. When he, was fi- when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger." I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he returns home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. 
filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. And I'm sure every one of us has been that, at that place at some point in our lives. Um, where we've allowed sin into our lives or gotten off track and we really desperately needed the mercy of God and you felt unworthy to be called his son, um, but because of the goodness of God, it drew you back to him. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill um, a calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost and now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. He asked one of the servants, what's going on? He said, your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf and we're celebrating um, with his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once um, refuse to do a single thing that you have told me. And all this time, you never gave me one of your um, young goats and a feast for my friends. Yet the son of yours has come back and he squandered your money on prostitutes, celebrating and kill. And you now you're celebrating and killing a fatted calf. His father says to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. You know, a lot of times, you know, we look at that passage and, you know, it's great to, to know the love of our Father and that he welcomes us with open arms, but we don't really look so deeply into it and realize how the goodness of God is there, whether you're staying next to him or whether somebody is lost in, in dead in their trespasses and sins. His goodness doesn't change with circumstance. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So this story is really a perfect example explaining to us the goodness of God, that while we love him and serve him, all we need to be reminded that his goodness doesn't change then. All that he has belongs to us. So take advantage of it. Don't take advantage of it. Take and enjoy it when you're here. Enjoy it while you're, you're with him and um, understand that his goodness reaches you. It's right there. But his goodness doesn't stop with those who are... are um, living holy as he is holy, those who are living perfect and striving to, to serve him and love him, it reaches to the heavens. His goodness and faithfulness reaches to the clouds. His enduring love and faithfulness endures to life everlasting. Amen? And so we need to understand his goodness doesn't just reach those who stay next to him, but his love and his mercy is extended to every single person in this world. Amen. It stretches. His goodness is what leads them home again. It reaches to the lost and the dying. The father in this story had to pull aside the brother, the jealous brother. I mean, here he had stayed by his side all this time. 
And he's jealous of this feast. He's jealous of the celebration. He's jealous that his dad is even giving his brother any kind of recognition. And the father's like, everything I have is yours. I don't change from one circumstance to the next. You could have been partaking of all this all along. And isn't that like us? You know, we see something else that God is blessing someone else with, not realizing that already belongs to us. Start taking a hold of it. You get jealous somebody's healed. You get jealous because somebody's blessed. You get jealous because somebody's been delivered and you're believing for deliverance. Take advantage of it. It's right there with you because he doesn't change. He is no respecter of persons. Amen? So he has to remind the son. He says, I am always the provider. I am, in other words, I am always the healer. I am always the deliverer. No circumstance changes who I am. You know, if you think about it, that's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, that keeps us close by. But jealousy shouldn't set in. Offense shouldn't set in. Defense shouldn't set in or whatever. When we see God bless somebody, when we see God draw somebody, and it definitely shouldn't cause us to think that somebody is lost and without hope. Because he died for us, you and I, even though we're here, the reason we're here is because of his goodness. And so people are not without hope because he saved us. He says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need his mercy and his forgiveness and his goodness. Amen? And so if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be right where we're at today. But guess what? His mercy is for everyone. His love. He said, for God so loved the world. Guess what? The world's the one that's dying, lost, sick, hurting, and bound. So when we go out into the world, we can't look down upon our brothers and sisters because guess what? They are our brothers and sisters. He created them as his sons and his daughters. They just don't know it. Amen? And so it's the goodness of God. So by you shunning the unbeliever, or shunning somebody that who's lost and dying and dead in their trespasses and sin is not going to draw them to repentance. It's the love of God that's going to draw them. It's the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And guess what? They're going to receive that through you. They're going to receive that through you. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Thank you, Jesus, because I was lost in my sins. But I receive forgiveness of sins through his blood that he shed. Even though I didn't deserve it, Christ died for me. And guess what? He didn't just die for me. He died for you, and he died for every single one in this world. Amen? So, I mean, a lot of times believers are kind of like the, pro- the, the brother of the prodigal son, and it's sad. And guess what? The world is not going to come to him if we as believers are not shining our light, but we're shunning the people because they're lost or because they're dying or because they're hurt or because they're broken or because they're bound. That's the work of the enemy. It's not their fault in in one sense. It's the enemy really trying to pull them the other direction. But God wants his goodness to shine through you. He said, how are they going to hear without a preacher? 
Well, they're not going to listen to you if you're not walking in love. <laughs> they're not going to listen to you if you're putting them down because they're bound or because they're in sin. It's the goodness of God that leads them to repentance. It's the love of God that covers the multitude of sins. So we need to just pray that God would soften our hearts like he did the brother of the prodigal son. That God would let the love, pray that the love of God would be shed abroad in our hearts the way his love is towards those people that are hurt and lost and dying. That God would just let his love be shed abroad. That we would know the love of God the way he loves them, that we would love the way he loves them. Amen? So the brother of the prodigal son needed this reminder that it's his goodness that leads people to repentance and draws the lost home. It's also his goodness that's been available to us all along. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new Every morning, great is his faithfulness. You know, it's just really funny because um, this must be going on in the body of Christ why God's having me preach it. But we want to use his mercy. When we fall, we pull on that scripture and we just say, thank you, Lord. Your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that you forgive me and you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But then for the one who's lost, who's bound, who's dying, maybe they haven't been at church six months, maybe two years you're looking down on them. No. Pray for those who hurt you or despitefully use you. That's what Jesus would do. That was his instruction. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that's going to lead them to repentance. It's the goodness of God. Judge not your brother or you're going to be judged. Hey, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. In other words, you shouldn't be casting any stones because you needed my mercy and my forgiveness as well. Everything good, everything perfect comes down from the Father above. Amen? Aren't you glad that even when you didn't deserve it, he died for you? Well... It didn't stop there. He died for every single person in this entire world that will ever exist. Even though they don't deserve it. Even though they might get twisted up, tripped up into sin. Isn't it the sinner that needs a savior? Isn't it the sick that need a healer? Isn't it the bound that need the freedom? That's who he came for. And if we are already partaking in the freedom, if we are already partaking in this mercy and this forgiveness, and we're walking free and we're walking with him, we're like the brother of the prodigal son. Good. You're blessed. You're protected. You're healed. You're delivered. You're saved. You're walking in the wisdom of it. But it also applies for them out there. If we would start allowing the love of God to be shed abroad in our heart and stop looking down and have a heart for the people that are lost, hurt, dying, sick, and bound, and realize that we've got this treasure in our earthen vessel so that the excellency of God's power, which is his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and his healing and his deliverance is in us, 
we would be a little more bold to step out in faith and minister to people. We wouldn't uh, cast them aside as if it's pointless or worthless because it's the goodness of God. Why don't we show forth his goodness? It's not just a treasure that we're supposed to bury and hide. (laughs) We're supposed to shine it. We're supposed to share it. Amen? So thank you, Jesus, that his mercy is new every morning. But we need to realize it's for those who need it. Yeah, everybody, not just us. He shed his blood upon the cross to heal us, to deliver us, to save us, to free us, because he's a good father. The goodness of God doesn't stop with Christians. The goodness of God is that he gave his son to die for us even when we didn't deserve it. When we need that Savior, when we need that forgiveness, that mercy. Thank you, Lord. Amen. James 1.17 tells us every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Amen. He cre- who created all the lights of heaven. Like everything good in our life is from him. That's how good he is. Everything that you're blessed with, that's how good he is. We just need to remind ourselves that you're partaking of his goodness. But we need to share it. Share how good he is. Share how merciful he is. Because it's that goodness that's going to lead people to repentance. Here's another example. Matthew 18, 12 through 14. It says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out and search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about the 99. He's blessed that you've continued to serve him. He's blessed, and he just continues to allow you to partake. And anything that is his is yours. He's blessed for that. But wouldn't you be happy if your son or daughter was lost And you put out in a newsletter, you put out on the news, you put out on the billboards, and I hate seeing that, the missing persons. I hate seeing that. Well, how much does God hate it? You know, I'm not, not that you should use the word hate with the Lord, but I'm sure he despises when one of his children gets tripped up into sin and lost. Or when somebody... um, hasn't received the love of God through a believer and it's actually driven them away instead of drawn them to himself. It's the love of God that brings people to repentance. I believe that some of you are going to be able to have the opportunity to show the love of God today. You're going to be with family, friends, neighbors. Know that God loves them so much that he died for them. As we have the heart of God, God's going to begin giving you more opportunities to witness. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. As you realize that it's his love that brings people to repentance, and you're going to start having the compassion of Jesus, why do you think Jesus healed them all? Why do you think he continued to minister everywhere he went? Because he had the love of God shed abroad in his heart. The compassion, the mercy, and the forgiveness of God was just shining through him wherever he went. He wanted there to be a restoration and a restitution to the people, to his father. And we should have the same heart as God. Amen? And so, 
you know, if when you think about it, like, oh, he left the 99 that are serving him and he's going to find the one. Well, wouldn't you? Like you have your three kids at home and there's one that's lost and you haven't seen him in a year. Of course your heart is going to rejoice if they return back. You thought they were dead and now they're alive. What a celebration you would throw. That's exactly what God does when one of his children come into the kingdom. That's exactly how much he cares about each and every person in this world. It says, I tell you the truth, he would rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't go away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. It's just another reiteration of the goodness of God and how loving and how merciful. And it doesn't just reach those who are striving to serve him, which we needed every day anyways, the mercy and the forgiveness and the love of God. We're not without the sin. We might strive to be holy as he is holy. We might, we might uh, you know, continue to worship him and continue to love him and do our best. We still need his love and forgiveness. We still need his blood to cleanse us from all unrighteousness to make us right in his sight. We're no different than what they need out there. So we need to have a revelation of the goodness of God and, and let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts so that we can reach this world. It's God's job. I've seen different skits, and it's just really funny, but it's God's job to deal with, convict, and judge the hearts. It is not yours. In fact, you're going to be judged if you judge. (laughs) So be careful. The Bible says whatever measuring stick you use to measure someone else, you're going to be measured with. It's not our job to judge whether someone's doing right or wrong. I mean, we can perceive if something's according to the word, of course, But he says for us to pray for them. He says for us to to show the love of God. Amen? When you see somebody come in and you kind of know because of Facebook or you know because of uh, gossip, which you shouldn't be doing anyways, or this or that, and suddenly somebody comes into the church and you know that they've been in sin or you know they've been out of church for two years or you know this or that, the first thing you should do is let the love of God be shed abroad. Not whisperings, murmurings, complainings, judgments. God's preparing us for a church that's full of people who need the love of God. The sick need a healer. The bound need freedom. The lost need a savior. Just because he's been with you all along doesn't mean he doesn't want them. In fact, he'll celebrate more when they return home again. When they return to him. Amen? That's how good God is. That's how loving he is. He is so good that he paid for our freedom. It's the sinner that just, the Lord spoke that to me. It's the sinner who needs a savior. It's the sick who need the healer. It's the bound who need a bondage breaker. And that's who he is, and it doesn't change from one person to the next. Thank you, Jesus. He doesn't change. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 7, he says, He is so, we're talking about the goodness of God, He is so rich in His kindness and His grace 
that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He is so rich in his grace and his mercy, in his forgiveness, that he purchased his, our freedom with the blood of his son. We didn't deserve it, but God sent his only son. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. He sent his only son to cover our multitude of sins by shedding his blood. And, you know, there's people in the world that aren't coming to him because they, they think that they need to uh, live up to a standard. They think that they, they need to be good enough first to receive what Jesus did. And that is a lie from the pit of hell, the H-E double hockey sticks. It is a lie, I'll just say it, from the pit of hell. It's the goodness of God that leads them. To repentance. Don't think for a second that you have to be good enough. It's, you're not ever going to be good enough without the blood of Jesus. You're not ever going to be made right in the sight of God without receiving what Jesus did for you upon the cross. So how could they ever be good enough for you unless you realize that it's the goodness of God, it's the blood of Jesus that they need. And you need it. Because he's so rich in his goodness, his kindness and grace, he purchased our freedom. And with the blood of his son, he forgave our sins. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your freedom that you purchased. Thank you, Lord, that even when we didn't deserve it, you sent your son to die for us. Colossians 1.13. For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. You were on your way to hell. They're on their way to hell except Jesus shed his blood. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And guess what? Jesus doesn't want just a select few. He wishes that all would come to repentance, that none would perish and that all would have eternal life, that all would receive what he did for them upon the cross. I realize I'm speaking to the choir. However, we need to be not the brother of the prodigal. We need not to judge our brothers and sisters who don't yet know him or maybe who have fallen away from him because they need a savior. They need the love of Jesus. They need the mercy of God. We've got it all along, yes, because we're, we've received it and we're partaking of it, but we need to realize he loves them just as much and will celebrate the day that they return home. Amen? And become a part of the kingdom of God because he already purchased their freedom from hell but they just got to receive it. He died for all man, all of us. So we didn't deserve that, but he is so good. John 8, 36, it says, For if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Well, he did. He purchased our freedom on the cross. And he wants us to walk in freedom, walk in deliverance. Amen? And he did that for them too. So that we wouldn't have to stay bound. See, that's the thing is we need to also have a revelation of his goodness for ourselves so that we don't stay bound, so we don't stay sick, so we don't stay oppressed or depressed. As a believer, you know, like the prodigal's brother, as a believer, we need to take advantage of what's in that fridge. 
we need to take advantage of the fact that we have a key to the, the kingdom of heaven. And we can go on in and partake any time we need something. It's in him. And so his goodness, he doesn't want us to stay bound because he already bought our freedom. In his goodness, he doesn't want us to be lost in our sins because he already forgave us. Amen. He doesn't want you to be broken or bound. He purchased your freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we need to start realizing that and partaking of that. So the Son, he was like, this was all accessible to him. He stayed with the Lord, he, or the, his Father, and he, he was in his house, and you're in his ho- the Lord's house. And here he was, jealous, when his brother got the forgiveness the mercy, the blessings. And the Lord's like, or the Father, but the Father's saying to us, don't you realize what you already have? Partake of it. Partake of it. It's yours. If you've been bound in your trespasses and sins, Jesus purchased your freedom. Start walking in your freedom because it's already been purchased. If you've been sick, start claiming and walking in your healing because he set you free. Don't exclude yourself because you think that um, you've been, you know, tripped up into sin because his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness and his love that endures forever. Not that it's a license of sin because if you really accept his forgiveness and mercy and realize how much he loves you, it would bring you to repentance. It would keep you close by. You would want to love him and serve him with every ounce of your being, every breath. Jesus purchased your freedom. Realize this today. God is for you and not against you. We need a revelation of that. God is for us, and he's not against us. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you uh, haven't been in church in a while. Maybe you secretly have things that are going on in your heart that you're struggling and saying, you know, I'm not worthy, Lord, to be called your son or your daughter. God's for you and not against you. He died for you when you didn't deserve it. That means now. (laughs) We don't deserve it, but he did it anyways. He purchased our freedom anyways. God loves you with his everlasting love. His goodness is drawing you. It's drawing you. It's drawing you home. His love and mercy endures forever. Don't disqualify yourself from something he already paid for. And don't disqualify anyone else either. We all need a savior. We all need a healer, a deliverer. Amen. John, here's three scriptures for you. John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever, not just the church, whoever would receive him, will have eternal life. Romans 6.23 is just a portion of the scripture. But the free gift of God, it's not earned, is eternal life. 
It's free. You just have to receive it. You know, when you go to these festivals and things like that, there's always booths of free, like, uh, bracelets and free calendars and free this and free that. You don't really have to do anything. They're just trying to get that information out there. Parades. I had a whole bunch of free things I didn't need, except for a Chick-fil-A card. That was really awesome. <laughs> God, not, to, not trying to compare it to the salvation, but freedom, free when you're handed something that's free, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. The free gift of God is eternal life to everyone that will believe. Everybody. So we got to start realizing and not being like the prodigal son's brother that this is for everybody out there. When you see them sinning, it's because they're a sinner and they need a savior. And he died for them. When you see them sick, it's because they need a healer. And you've got the knowledge, the treasure in your vessel to bring that to them. If you discount people, God won't be able to use you. If you think they're forsaken, God won't be able to use you to minister to them. He died for them just like he died for you and me. Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. Amen? That's just a portion of that scripture. He was wounded for our transgressions. I can have the worship team come on back here. This has come back to me about 10 times, and I don't know what God wants to do, but anyone with teen in their age needs to come up front. (laughs) Teen, like... 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 